0: la la
1: And we are live here in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern. It is Thursday and you know what that means. The Sons of Liberty Live are having their weekly meeting. And I see the audience rolling in here for what is Going to be probably a very entertaining show. We got a hell of a lot of ground to cover tonight. Going to be talking about some of the current going on, the saber rattling back and forth between China and the United States and Nancy Pelosi. Beijing Biden out there all of a sudden coming fresh off of his uh, COVID recovery. Uh, fastest recovery ever, guys. All right. And uh, we are going to be diving really deep into that, talking about some of the issues uh, that are going to be resulting out of that uh, for sure, for sure. And uh, really the the looming foreign policy disaster uh, that is on the horizon, of course. Right off the, uh, right right on the, the tip of the the list, the order of things, right? Point of order. Um, I have launched a new uh, twice a week show, as I have had time here uh, in between the class schedule, but a twice a week show where uh, it's for the patron supporters out here on the Podbean platform, of course. Uh, but the patron supporters... Who are at the one dollar level? So previously, the monthly one dollar level was for the entire back catalog of Radio Contra, all of uh, you know the episodes from about one ten or so all the way back. Of course, the the beginnings of all the live shows and everything that you can get, everything that entails, uh, all of that but i want to give you guys something a little bit more than that and what i'm doing is picking some of the news stories and kind of analyzing them and giving you a most likely course of action most deadly course of action and really why you should care about some of this stuff we've been breaking down um here and and they're real quick they're you know 10 15 minutes long And uh, so it's not taking a whole lot of time out of your day, and it's me giving you something. We've been breaking down the stories coming out of Pakistan right now that are very, very concerning. Um, That is a developing story, and I think that that's going to become one of the potential flashpoints in this future uh, contribution. Uh, uh, to, the, to the larger war that's going on. I'm reading the comments in here and uh, some of the people talking about contributions and whatnot. Uh, but to the, the larger global war that is looking like that it is shaping up. Uh, of course, we've got stuff that's coming out of Iraq that we're going to be talking about as well. Um, and, uh, you know, things here at home, how China plays into all of this and breaking all of that down in a very condensed way. So that you are able to digest that information, take it um, you know, for your own situational awareness and kind of giving you a greater picture of things to prepare for that are going to be on the horizon. And a nuclear armed Taliban may very well be one of them. There are some definite warning signs there. Of course, I've got another episode of Lessons from the Farm up and I've got a couple more that need to get posted up so they are gonna be dropping probably this weekend um and i'm putting some of the final touches on those you know uh having k on yesterday from combat studies group you know we ended up getting cut off towards the end uh from some technical difficulties that we had but uh go back and seriously listen to that episode pay very close attention to it and uh Take notes because what we're discussing in there, particularly about halfway through the episode where we are diving into go bags and really what needs to be in there, the stuff that you need in them, the stuff that you don't need in them, you know, it, we're approaching it from a very realistic perspective. Okay, so go back and listen to that. That's been an extremely popular episode, by the way, despite the technical difficulties that we had at the very end. I really wish that we had got into the Bitcoin conversation because he's got uh, a lot of really good insight on that. He deals a lot with cryptocurrency. He's somebody that, that I trust his opinion on that. So, um, got some... People in in the comment section, uh, do these Sons of Liberty shows make it to Podbean, etc. Yeah, you're you're on Podbean right now, buddy. Um, yeah, this is a live show. All the other episodes are, are on here. They're on Podbean. You can also find um, the episodes as they post up on any other platform that you get podcasts on, Spotify, Apple. Uh, Samsung Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. Uh, and Yes, we still do have a YouTube channel. Still do have a YouTube channel. I have very limited interaction on it because I just really don't care that much about it. Um, so, you know, whatever. But there are people that get on there and they are leaving comments. Uh, but if you're interested in the lessons from the farm, if you're interested in the uh, Intel Cable, briefs that i am doing two days uh out of the week tuesday and thursday and it's just a very quick breakdown of some of the the potential flashpoints that i see of, of conflicts that are going on in the world check that out now that is podbean exclusive uh, that is podbean exclusive that is only on the podbean you can get into that if you're on a mobile device you will see uh the A little red icon, you can get that. So for as little as a dollar a month, you're going to get some really cool content. And I'm going to be cranking out a lot more of it um, in between the courses. In between the courses because classes, training people takes uh, obviously the the, uh, bulk of my time because that is what I do. I am a full-time tactical trainer. And uh, I've got a lot of courses up on the calendar as well. You can find the calendar over at brushbeater.org slash training calendar. That's brushbeater.org slash training calendar. Got a whole heck of a lot of stuff up there. But anyway, with that said, with that said, got some of my co-hosts, my merry band of miscreants that are in here with me. First up on the list, Mr. JC Dodge. What's
2: up, brother? What's up, man? Not much. The end of my work week was today, so uh looking forward to weekend trying to get some stuff done around the house and uh go to the range in the morning, do some stuff for some future posts and just keeping on prepping, you know. Watching what's going on and keeping track of it and keeping track of what I what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, got to,
1: um, <laughs> yeah, what, what you got on tap for the session at the range?
2: Well, that, uh, that 44 mag trapper, I told you, uh, was getting, this, uh, I'll be picking that up in the morning and, uh, taking it straight to the range, put a peep sight on it and zero it. And, uh, I'm going to do some M1A stuff with my the match rifle and that uh, SOCOM with that folder I just put on it there not too long ago. Uh, Cause I'm going to do a post similar to what I did with the PTR 91, as far as talking about uh, different accessories for M1As, different types of M1As and uh, what you can expect. Accuracy wise with ball with uh, 168, 175 match stuff like that. And uh uh, not tomorrow, but uh, down the road a little ways. We're going to do the same thing with the FAL. Um, since uh, those are two systems everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of. So, But that's the plan.
1: FAL, the right arm of the free world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Calus Free Flow in the comments, at what
2: range will you zero the 44 Magnum? That's a great question. Uh, 75 because uh the the trapper i had that i bought back in the mid 90s and was foolish enough to trade off for a day woo i could get no spare parts for um that rifle Further shot i ever took with it was 150 yards on a groundhog uh with a four power scope and it i i shot him uh i, I knew about what my holdover was at that time I did not have the the convenience of a ballistic uh, calculator that I could as long as I knew my my bullet weight and type and and the velocity coming out of that barrel, you know, I can pretty much figure out my range. But one fifty is about the max I'll I'll shoot that just like with my inline muzzle loader, uses the same bullet and uh, the so I'll zero it at seventy five and that way I don't have too much in the way I hold. over I used to zero it at the one I used to have. I zeroed at fifty, and uh, from looking at different ballistics with the two forty that I use, uh, two hundred forty gram bullet, um, I think seventy five is a good moderate. There's not too much in the way of uh, of you know shooting high um, between zero and seventy five, but seventy five gives it enough. Uh, out to 150 to not have to have do too much in the way of holdover. So we'll see how that goes. And, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll do a, do a future post on that. Uh, well, I'm going to do posts on pistol caliber carbines, you know, mated with, uh, pistols of the same caliber, uh, and why they're, why that can be very beneficial in, in certain areas. Um, uh, well, as long as you keep yeah. it in perspective, um, uh, I mean, the, cow, the Cowboys, they were, they were on to something back in the day, so.
1: Well, yeah, and, you know, man, the, the tendency for people to get into, like, this tactical world of, like, only tactical guns, I'm only going to be, you know, I'm only, I, you know, the world revolves around the AR-15 or the AK-47 or, you know, something that holds a magazine of 30 rounds. It's like, look you know <laughs> yeah hey i can i have i have killed a lot more animals than i have people okay you know and and i've fought across three wars dude you know it, it it's it, this it's just the way that it is like it, it's the nature of things having a a working gun like there's 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 one thing for personal safety and security there's another for just having a utility firearm um, yeah. you know, yeah. and of course, I mean, there's some middle ground
2: there, man. There's some middle ground. Tapping, well, Tappan, was on to something. You know, a lot of people talk crap about, you know, what he wrote. Of course. Mel Tappen. He wrote he, he wrote it in 76, the book, Survival Guns. So it's somewhat dated, but he had a section on working guns, a section on defensive guns. And the, uh, the, one of the things, and originally I was going to. I've been looking for a, a 44 trapper for a good while. Couldn't seem to find one. So I was going to settle on just getting a Marlin and I'm glad I didn't because the re one of the things I like about the trapper was it has an, even though it's a 16 inch barrel, it has a nine round magazine. So it holds 10 rounds total in the rifle. And for, it's a six pound rifle. That's, you know, 30 couple inches long. Um, it's very compact. That's why I'm just putting a peep sight on it. Um, the, uh, the Marlin doesn't hold as many rounds for a given, the given barrel length. Um, and there's something to be said for a firearm, whether it is a revolver or whether it is a rifle that has an in-house magazine that you can't lose. Um, you know, you can use speed loaders with a revolver and, you know, I carried in law enforcement, I carried a revolver, uh, first couple years and. You can get pretty damn fast with a speed loader um le- loading a lever gun quickly is truly an art form, and it's also has something to do with with uh working on the gun to smooth it out by use and and there's some tricks you can do with the loading yeah. gate and all on a lever gun but uh but there's a, little a bit trick. Of to the with
1: a round file.
2: Yeah. Well, there, but there's a trick also, as far as how you hold the rounds as you're putting one in, you don't push it all the way in and let the gate close. You keep on doing, you stagger them and, and it will load a lot faster when you learn how to do that. Um, I mean, hell there's a trick you can do with a single action revolver. Same thing, you know, fire two rounds, load two rounds and you can continue if you're using a def- in a defensive situation, that was something that uh, cowboys uh, learned to do if they were in a position where they could shoot a couple rounds and then then they would just continue load doing a tactical reload um, when they had the opportunity. And I've always said that the single action revolver uh, by Colt was designed for me. It's 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 designed for a left-handed person because of where the loading gate loading gate's right under my thumb and and it makes no. it very easy to reload quick what sam Colt left-handed i you know i've heard yes and no but yeah i now uh, the one thing i'll keep in mind is back in the day whether it was 1800s or or you know uh 1900s the the uh design of a firearm was not necessarily geared towards total tactical utility. And no. the reason I say that is there, you know, when we transitioned from bolt action rifles to semi-automatics, such as the Garand and the M14, where it was the, the charging handle was still on the same side that the bolt handle was on, on the 1903. That is now for me as a lefty, that's awesome because I can keep my, my firing hand on the grip of the rifle while i charge the weapon with my my uh weak hand um and but that's <clears throat> for for you know you the utility and efficiency that's not necessarily the best thing well with the single action revolver i you know i'd love to you know have a talk with sam Colt and say hey what you know what was the thought behind this but I mean, I'll be honest with you, when it comes to guns from that era, the the Smith & Wesson Schofield is, is my unicorn pistol that I will own one day because that thing had it going on compared to a single-action revolver uh, that you had to load single rounds in, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, there they were
1: definitely movements in an interesting direction even back then in, in the proto phase. I mean, if you go back and you watch uh, – films like the wild bunch where uh-huh. you know they were using 1911s it, it was just an interesting time like uh mm-hmm. you know with the Mexican the revolution the Bur- and pancho villa um yeah. you know pancho villa was yeah. used in yeah go ahead
2: the the professionals uh yeah
1: yeah the the Irvin,
2: yep. he had a a springfield 03 he had a smith and wesson revolver in a 1911 while well, uh um, Burt Lancaster was still using a single action Colt along with the, a couple of the other guys. And, uh, but yeah, that, and well, same with, uh, big Jake. I mean, that was one of the big events in there was the, the eight shot r- or automatic pistol. He said, well, he's fired his six shots when his son, you know, went on a rampage with it. Uh, couldn't control it. And, uh, he said, we, they all jumped in the water and he said, well, he's fired his six shots. And. He's like, uh, he had eight shots in that gun because it went off two more times. But then right. he also, the boy had a telescopic sight on his, on his bolt action rifle. So like you said, the transition they used, they had, uh, automobiles and that was supposed to be 1909 was when Big Jake was supposed to have been taking place. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, the wild bunch. It, it's, it, I, I like watching movies during that transitional period one, because one of the, the wars my grandfather fought in was he was, well, he was in, he was in the, uh, he was sent to Mexico with the, with the infantry. Uh, he was actually a bugler, but he was sent to Mexico with the infantry after going after Pancho Villa So I've got a, I've got a journal that he kept, um, while he was there. Um, that's awesome. The, the, and I have the rifle that he carried, um, so that, uh, you know, that era is very, it's significant in a number of ways to me. Um, but like you said, the transitional period there of, of weaponry, it was still classy. They were still classy firearms, but they were, they were, you know, coming into a new era of, of more efficient, more, more tactically proficient and efficient so right
1: yeah i mean it it was just an interesting period i mean you you had you had real i mean genuine brilliance that that was happening in in firearms development at that time you know we kind of hit our peak by world war ii and then it didn't really i mean there were there were some developments after that that were It kind of progressed a little bit forward. I mean, the the AK and the uh, AR fifteen and the FAL and the G three and everything like that. That's a little bit of a of a progression forward, but that's not really. I mean, when when you really break it down, the Johnson rifle, the BAR, Mm -hmm. they were you know the even the M one carbine. They they were It was the same idea. You know, it, yeah, it, it
2: just a Peterson device in the 1903 right. rifle. You know that right. was right. Uh, yeah, it's and but when you look at, I mean, you know me, I'm you know historically, you know I, I'm a I'm a gun enthusiast from you know starting back you know reading stuff about Beretta when it was first you know in, in oh, yeah. 15, 1530s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the 1530s. But the yeah, the, they're, they're an old name, man. Yeah, the air guns that were used by European militaries, the air guns that were used by Lewis and Clark, <clears throat> you know, that, even that stuff, which yeah. is, it, it's fascinated me for, you know, since I was a kid. Um, oh, yeah. Reading about that. But there are, there are times, and it's funny, they say about Colt, you know, God made all men equal or God made men and Sam Colt made them all equal. Um, that, you know, a lot of people, they just, you know, it's cliche, but when you think about it and the advance that came from that, um, from that, de- that development, you know, it was, it was an obvious, uh, development past the pepper box revol- or pepper box pistol, um, uh, as, as far as having multiple barrels. Um, and one, one pistol I would love to buy eventually is, a uh, uh, Patterson revolver. Um, oh
1: yeah, yeah. The,
2: and and that that thing, I've I've looked at them, I've I've handled them, I've shot them, and having that the trigger when you cock it, the trigger pops down. It just I I was, uh, I always thought that was just you know cool. In, in one respect, it's cool. In another, it's like be a pain in the ass. But uh, and and of course the the thing I was really Ever since I was a kid, I was fascinated with was Derringers, all from from the the, the real small pistols that they developed. Um, whether it was the small, you know, Philadelphia Derringers and the little Sharps, you know, forty ones and and all that, uh, the four four barrel Sharps Derringers <laughs> and all that. I just thought that yeah. was they were just the coolest thing out there. And uh, yeah, but yeah, that's a that's a whole. Like you said, I mean that's been my my whole life. That's been been what I've been into. So, oh yeah. Um,
1: well, and, for me, for me, that like it, it's like talking about old cars. For me, that yeah. handgun is a Bizley. That's it's a yeah. bisley and yeah. I would Uberti makes a Bizley clone, and. Mm-hmm they have they they biz so uberti says that the bisley's in current production they just sold out like everything um
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm after one though i'm after one and and i've been poking around you know specifically i would like one in 44 mag um mm-hmm. but uh you know 45 long Colt. Uh, you know 45 long cult's okay too i'd rather <laughs> have it in 45 or yeah. uh, 44 mag but you know, forty-five long Colt's okay too. I can reload for that as well. I've got the dice for what,
2: it. Is it uh, is it Ubarity or uh, I think it's Peter Soley makes the the Quigley rifle. Yes, forty-five one it ten. It is an exact yep. copy of the uh, rifle in the in the movie Quigley Down Under. Forty-five one ten. They make them up to forty-five one twenty, and I believe fifty one hundred. I think is one of the calibers they have but I want the caliber of the rifle we had in the movie because when you tell when you complain, explain to somebody, well, okay, forty-five seventy, pretty potent cartridge. And I'm like, what does that mean? Well, that's 45 caliber, 70 grains of powder. And then when mm-hmm. I tell them, I want a 45, 110, they're like, is that like <laughs> 40, 40, more grains of powder? I'm like, yep. Bring your yeah. Bring you balls
1: to that one. <laughs> that uh, that yeah. that thing—it's it, like shooting a ten gauge, man. It, It's—you uh, mm. <clears throat> need to
2: wait on that barrel.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 you do. Who we? Oh, oh man, we can talk about that all night. Fortunately, yeah, we really do. Are. We got a whole—we got a whole hour and uh, and forty-five minutes to continue talking about it. But we've got Madman Actual in the house in here, and my guest from earlier in the week madman actual what's up brother
0: hey 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 can you hear me all right
1: <laughs> i can hear you brother i can hear you I'm
0: trying out uh, the wife's airpods on a not apple product so ooh making sure they're working all right cuz my headphones just kind of like grew legs and walked off well
1: eh, you know man things happen <laughs> Things happen, you know. You, you got a good yeah. little ambience in the background of uh, the cicadas chirping, it's nice.
0: Oh, uh, you can hear that? Yeah, I was concerned, dude. About I, that. No, I
1: like it. I like it. I'm sure somebody will send me an email tomorrow. And oh, be man, like,
0: and I'm, oh, I'm just all shooting stars,
1: Audio issues, yeah, right. I can hear <laughs> cicadas, like, man, look, you know.
0: I was You'd thinking like, to blasting a kidding. shotgun off to see if they'd shut up, but I'm sure that would only work for like 10 seconds.
1: Yeah, that'd be bad. That'd be
0: bad. And I'd probably piss the neighbors off if I was blasting a shotgun at 9.30 at night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's he out there doing? It's celebratory. It's celebratory gunfire. Uh yeah celebratory
0: just, uh, kind of you know. fire. <laughs> it's just like, a little late fourth of july don't mind me
1: yeah yeah it's, it's, we celebrate this it's the 28th of july it's a it's a new holiday just made yeah. it up <laughs> that's
0: what everybody else does
1: it's a, it was like in iraq man you just you'd hear gunfire <laughs> like any yeah. time of day there'd be just random gunfire in the distance and you're like what, what was that
2: that's celebratory yeah. gunfire. Can just, you could celebrate every time it, the inflation goes up a point. You just celebrate that even. Oh man! Oh! That's at least Yeah. let oh. week. Yeah. Say, I'd be
0: fucking totally out of ammo by now.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it's oh man.
1: We're uh man, we're we're in we're certainly in some interesting times of course um very fascinating very very fascinating times as well and uh you know this title of this episode beijing biden and taiwan uh the interesting tale of two good friends torn apart like every great love story in the middle of it they're torn apart by all these forces of the world tearing them apart this the ruining of a perfectly good relationship. Biden is without a doubt in bed with the Communist Chinese okay it, whether whether it's him specifically or it's Hunter Biden, there's really uh, there's no questioning this. If you've got two brain cells, you can put this together liberals, I'm telling you. You need to start backing away from your boy here, uh, and a lot of you are, fortunately to your credit, a lot of you are, um, but there's there's some major stuff going on here, and just coming off of two weeks ago, selling a huge amount of oil out of our strategic reserve, okay, Now, all of a sudden, China immediately says, oh, yeah, hey, Nancy Pelosi, if you show up in Taiwan, you better watch back. That's what they said. Mm -hmm. That's what they said. And that is a very serious threat. It is a military threat. They were explicitly military about it. So the question that I'm posing then, given all of this and given the fact that uh, you know, we see all of these things come into light that we have uh, thus far. What do you make of all this? Dodge, how do you put all this together, man? What's your interpretation of all this?
2: Um, I don't have enough food or ammo. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, as far as the Chinese are concerned, um, I, anybody that, that takes... Them making threats as a joke, it does not understand things from a, from a realistic or a historical uh, point of view. They they generally, if if in doubt, they keep their mouth shut usually, and they just do something. But if they're if they're willing to to make an overt threat like that, um, then they, I mean because. They, they plan shit. I mean, now, you know, I'm not going to give them credit for, you know, everything. But at the same time, they're very long, long suffering as far as they, they plan shit out for a long time. I mean, hell, they bury eggs for a fucking hundred years and then dig them up and eat them. So, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's guys don't they don't screw around and they're and they are chomping at the bit for an excuse with Taiwan, after seeing what has happened with Russia in the Ukraine and the lack of a real response, other than than you know throwing throwing some some uh, slices of bread to the Ukrainians in the form of, of uh, uh, equipment, uh, which that right. I have a whole opinion of that is, I think that's we're trying to push the Russians into into doing something. I think that's that's the main reason why we're doing what we're doing and being so overt about it. Because in yeah. years past, we were not overt about shit in years past. No. We, we did it. I mean, no. so I remember Central America very well. The stuff that was going on down there, there was very little that was overt as far as what was going on. Stuff that was going on in Afghanistan when the Russians were in Afghanistan was very covert. Um, the the fact that we're, we're flaunting this stuff and then talking about Tra- training Ukrainian pilots on the F sixteen. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the first thing the first thing I thought about, you know, what when I heard that was, holy shit, they're going to do a recreation of the end of Independence Day, where uh, Randy Quaid <laughs> flies up into his like I'm back, flies right up into the asshole of the spaceship. I mean, really? That, Boy, but, but. uh,
1: Oh man, dude, the, these well the, the pilot yeah. where these pilots come from they're mercenary pilots. I would mm-hmm. honestly, I, I would respect them more. I, I would respect the DC response more if they said, "Hey, we're training Polish pilots." Now that yeah. would make uh-huh. sense. Okay, uh-huh. all right, that that yeah. makes sense, but you know Poland. It's a whole different animal. I mean, you, you've you got a NATO member there. Like, they, there's actually something there. Ukraine? Right. No, nah, man. we had so much shady shit going on in Ukraine and all the evidence is coming out now. And there was the, I mean, it was the Wild West. You know, I, I've stated my position on this very clearly many times. It's, I mean, yeah. this, this was just dumb. I don't know necessarily if they were pushing or, or trying to push the Russians into it. I think they just do figured you know we can overstep our boundaries here this is you know we're we're going to go for it because what are they going to do and they honestly the people in DC the power structure that's up there you know all, all the people the the SES guys uh, senior Executive Service ring uh, that is out there. What everybody is calling the deep state. Hey, guess what? We knew that it existed for a long time. It's called the SPS, <laughs> yeah. right? The Senior Executive Service. Um, you know, this isn't this isn't anything new, man. Everybody knows that those guys on K Street are the ones who run DC from top to bottom, right? From top to bottom, yeah. and so they they believe this is the other thing too. All these guys are aging out. They all cut their teeth later on in the Cold War. You know, the guys like Brennan, the guys like Comey, right? They they were coming in in the 1980s. Now they have uh, aged out. They're sitting behind a desk, and they are stuck in their own feedback loop. So in mm-hmm. intelligence terms, we talk about a feedback loop, right? A feedback loop is... Let's say me giving Madman a piece of information, right? Knowing that he is going to give it to somebody that um, maybe is a target, right? So I don't give it specifically to the target. I'm going to give it to him because I know that he's going to run and tell. Right. Kind of like a game of telephone. Little kids is what it is, Mm -hmm. except that it's false information or it's it's bad information. Something something is is not correct about it. And I'm trying to see where it goes. Right. Or I'm trying to adversely
2: affect. Something specific. You tweak you tweak it. And if you give it to more than one person, you tweak each piece of information a little bit different. So, you know, specifically where it came from. Right.
1: And yep. it, it, it's a type of canary test. But the, the problem is, is when you begin to get stuck in your own feedback loop and at the close of the Cold War. Our intelligence agencies, which includes the FBI, by the way, and all of these guys who make it to the SES. And they're empowered by the sense of hubris. You know, oh, we, hey, we won the Cold War. No, it was the groundwork <laughs> that was laid in the 1960s that won the Cold War. I'm sorry, but that's a fact. And anybody who's honest about it will tell you that. Um, definitely got many books on it. Pretty well educated. Know a lot of people who were, were around in those times. And, um, yeah, it, the groundwork was laid. Then Okay, so these guys that are are coming in in the late 1980s, kind of riding the coattails of these others, and now they have become the ones in charge. They're empowered by that because they think, hey, we won, right? So they're stuck in their own feedback loop. Meanwhile, these guys who retire out of the SES go on to be the CEOs of Lockheed Martin and on the board of directors of Raytheon, and they're all part of this military industrial complex that we were warned about by General and later President Dwight D. Eisenhower, right? So we've got the culmination of all these, these factors that, that are coming together. It was just like I was talking about with Kay. It's a kaleidoscope of intersecting factors that are all coming together. They believe their own feedback loop. They believe their own legend. They're arrogant. They think, eh, you know, we got this, and they want you to pay for it in blood. that's exactly what they're doing. And I wrote a piece about this called No Blood for Burisma. Back before Ukraine kicked off, back before all that stuff, we had the inside story. I talked about the corruption very specifically. I laid the case out. I had the links. I had everything that was up there. And that was months before the invasion of Ukraine. You can go back and you can look at it. But that's what we have, right? It's not exclusive to Biden, but we see that the Biden crime family, Right, because we had the Clinton crime family, and we got the Biden crime family. So you like the Clinton crime family, right? We got Biden crime family, the sequel, right? Kind of the low rent sequel. It's kind of like like Breaking and then Breaking Two. Break- the the uh, original Breaking was was kind of all right. Like it was a legit movie. You know, you watch Breaking Two: Electric Boogaloo, and it was like, oh, what is this? This is bad. <laughs> this is this is like low rent, man. This is, this ain't even a real movie. Right? This is in the $0.99 cent section. So anyway, some of y'all, see, see, those of you that remember Blockbuster Video, you'll, you'll remember the $0.99 cent section. That, that was cheap movies. Uh, some of y'all don't remember Blockbuster. though. That, that's, a, that's a figment of history. But uh, anyway, so my point is, though, is that they believe they're in feedback loop, and they think, ah, we can go for it. Russia is still weak. Russia is still this. Russia is still that, right? Um, and and what they're finding out is, and what they're finding out very quickly, is that they were using China for cheap labor, right? And so uh Firebrand eighty seven saying can't forget the Bush crime family. Oh, absolutely, bro. I mean, right in there on it too. And all of a sudden, right? All of a sudden, now they're they're figuring out. They're panicking. Oh shit, you know. Mm-hmm. China, wait a minute, China is has got better weapons than we got. Maybe this this whole flawed idea of force projection with a carrier strike group is maybe a very expensive boondoggle because we don't have a defense, a successful defense, against hypersonic missiles. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And maybe, just maybe... Maybe just maybe we have a political class in the United States is too fucking weak need to do what needs to be done. We don't have somebody in the White House that's gonna say, fuck around and find out, Xi Jinping. You know, I find that it's it's very interesting that uh over on AmericanPartisan.org, uh put up a piece from American thinker that was sent over to me. Uh, to post on American partisan and I did, and it was talking about how, you know, one of the quote unquote neocons that's out there was saying, you know, Hey, I was wrong about Trump. I did you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of him and, you know, I wasn't a fan of his approach to things, but in looking back now, you know, I see that he really he wasn't that bad. And so I post that thing up, and you see all this mountain cavalcade of uh, junior geniuses in the comments. They're all boomers, by <laughs> the way. Every single one of them are boomers. And they all say, oh, well, this side or the other, and I still don't like him and Orange Man bad. Well, let me tell you something. You know, you can criticize all you want. First of all, nobody gives a fuck. All right. They don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck either. I, I openly mock people in comment sections. I do that for a reason because I don't care. Um, you know, if, if you're that much of a jackass to come into a comment section and show your butt, you're not doing business with me anyway, so let's just get past that. Uh, I don't owe you nothing. It's there. Right. And you realize that 90 percent of the Internet wants to be entertained anyway. They don't want to learn anything. They damn sure don't want anything that challenges their viewpoint on nothing. They just want to hear what whatever entertains them, makes them feel better about them so they can fuck off. Right. But anyway, let me tell you something about Trump. Right. Trump invites Xi Jinping down. Now, he did something on this night in this scenario that I personally didn't agree with. And I thought that it was really short sighted and a bad idea. Right. But in one respect. It was pretty damn slick. He sits Xi Jinping down for a dinner in D.C., right? They're having a summit. They're having dinner. Right in the middle of the dinner, what does he do? He launches a missile strike on Syria. <laughs> right in the middle of dinner. Right in the middle of dinner. Now, right or wrong, I disagree with that. Uh, I disagreed with with what they did in Syria. You know, it, all, it, I mean, it was, it, it was a bad idea. The whole thing was bad. Right, top to bottom, but but if you're dealing with a world leader who is making threats and who is saying, you know, hey, we're going to do this. We're a power on the rise. You're a power on decline. This is what we're going to do. That's how you handle them. You say, hey, yeah, man, you like that dinner? Yeah, yeah, that's real good. Hey, watch this. Oh, oh, look at that. Damn, look at what I just did. Hey, what what was that you were saying again? So for all of you out there who are still, oh, orange man this, orange man that, I don't like him, oh, please leave me alone, I wish I just, you wish this, you wish that, shit in one hand, wish in the other, see which one fills up faster. But when it does, don't you bitch at me or anybody else, people that you came to for entertainment. Rather than understanding the world around you and trying to make it fucking better. Don't you come to us and say, oh, well, this, uh, the other, because you ain't got no solution. All right. Period. So anyway, I wanted to put that out there because it's important to to always bring that. Some people you got to keep in check and people in comment sections, you damn sure need to. You got to rope them in because there's a lot of stupid people out there. Real, real stupid people. And you got you got to fix that, right? You got to put them in check. You got to let them know. Some people don't know that they're stupid. So you got to let them know, right? But uh anyway, anyway, now have it Let me take a sip of my rum. Hold on Ah. <laughs> uh, mm, mm, mm. Anyway, where I was going with that though is that's how you have that diplomacy, right? and so when when you got a president like biden who is deeply compromised because what we heard from the intelligence community from the ses ring right was that oh trump's likely compromised trump's likely compromised by by the uh by by russia and and um you know they at one point they were uh, claiming that he had some improper communications with the saudis too of course that went nowhere but there was there was all these these allegations, right? They oh, Trump's compromised. There's no way he's not compromised. Yeah, well, motherfuckers, what about Biden? What about Biden? What about Biden? What about Biden giving away a substantial portion of our strategic oil reserve? When fuel is over $4 a gallon, diesel fuel is over $5 a gallon on average. And there's absolutely zero plan to get any of this down. Everybody in his cabinet is too busy telling us, oh, well, just go get an electric car. Just go get an electric car, right? That's their only answer. Where are you people at now? I want to know what the hell happy drugs you're smoking, you bunch of hedonistic boomers right accusing the younger generations of causing all the problems in the world when you're still the ones that are in charge by the way you're still the adults in the room quote unquote so you say right because it needs to be said right it needs to be said these things need to be pointed out that's the best that we have biden is deeply compromised very deeply compromised to his core China is pulling the strings on that. China controls the Confucius societies, which are embedded in our college campuses, and they are openly and outright stealing all of our intellectual property, our scientific research, and they are outright sabotaging us at every juncture. Period. And our Ranger one twenty two in the comments. I am drinking Pilar rum, by the way, uh, Ernest Hemingway's signature brand. Uh, but. Uh, Responses, guys. What are y'all's thoughts?
2: Well uh, go ahead, Mad Mad.
0: Um yeah, all all signs point to uh I mean, yeah, we know Millie called the Chinese general january sixth. Um and yeah, apparently he just did it again. I haven't actually read into that one too much. Um but yeah, all all signs point to Pretty much the entire administration being compromised. Um, and if you go back, like, you know, you got, like, Kissinger and Co. have mm-hmm. been slugging around for, I don't know, what, 2020? So, yeah, 60 years <laughs> yeah. now. Um, yeah, like, just giving our oil away to China, who turns around and threatens one of our politicians, we all don't like her, but still, uh, not a good look. Like, you know, if you, if you look at it through, like, if you look at what's happening now and then picture it in a history book, uh, it, it really parallels like pre-World War One conditions, you know, where there's like, definitely these national level threats and countries just aren't getting along. You know, there's assassinations, uh, Japanese prime minister, former Japanese prime minister was just assassinated. You have all these things going on and it really doesn't look good. Um, at all. And we're definitely seemingly in decline. I, I mean, I'd like to think that we were like pulling an art of war and making ourselves look weak, but, uh, it's nah. a little too obvious that we're actually just kind of weak yeah. sauce right now. And well, the, that well, that is, uh, that's what they want. That's, that's, I mean,
2: that's, that's the problem is that is what they want. They want us as weak as possible um, to, at a minimum to appear that way. But I, I mean, the correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Biden just give away more oil to China? Uh, or sell it more oil this this week. Yep. Um I thought I had read something Showing about that. In. But I mean the other and and then we got you got this situation with Germany with the uh the Russians cutting it back to twenty percent of the liquid natural gas. Um the and I, I the level of entitlement the Germans are displaying by being so aghast at only getting 20% out of that pipeline oh, after all the shit they have talked and all the stuff they have done in regards to the Ukraine against Russia. It's, that's, that's like some kid you who's know, sitting there you know, slapping the hell out of somebody as, as, a, as a juvenile. And then expecting to get a friggin' treat instead of putting a damn chair or putting a corner or, or whoop having their ass whooped. I mean that's the and then they say, Oh well, you know, Canada felt bad because they had to send that turbine over and they didn't want to support the Russians. Um uh, okay. Well <laughs> But yeah, it's yeah. it's it, it's nuts. It's not just nuts. Do you think and
1: really, this is a open ended question to both of y'all. Do you, either one of you guys, see NATO surviving? Um, because taking into account Germany and, and like the moves Germany's made, I mean, mm-hmm. Russia, Russia has played this masterclass level. I mean, it, it's, um, <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it, it for all the the so called strategy. Uh, that, that NATO has, they didn't think that maybe you might need to get a handle on fuel production because uh, green energy don't really work so well in the wintertime when you're talking about having a, a mostly cold climate in the North Atlantic.
2: Uh, so well, Trump, told him, Trump told him to. He, he, told, he specifically told Germany, you better get your house in order when it comes to the energy you're getting from Russia. He yeah. told them that. Yeah. And 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 as far as NATO, okay, when when I first went, well, as a teenager, and when I first went in the military in '88, um, NATO to to many of us um, was U.S., U.K., and Germany. There were a lot of other members, but those three were were the the. Key, you know, cornerstones, if you want to call it that. Um, I mean, they, we had the reforger exercise, return of forces to Germany uh, was a was a big thing because Germany was the was the pivot point where they figured, you know, the Soviets were going to be, you know, if if an invasion was to take place, if the Soviets were to kick it off, it was going to be you know, the fold a gap and, you know, all that. And as far as NATO today. I mean, it, people say, oh, well, it looks like they're trying to expand over to, you know, uh, over into uh, the Pacific and, you know, expand NATO. And, well, they have to if they expect to, you know, keep any type of membership that's going to have any strength. I mean, because we got a bunch of, you know, uh, weak sisters playing the game. I mean, you know, the fact that it was unfortunate that Trump wasn't really able to get much in the way of traction on us you know requiring all these other countries to to kick in I mean I think that's one of the biggest reasons internationally why Trump had a lot of shit turned against him was these countries are like what do you mean you want us to pay our fair share it's because they've been sucking at the at the US tip right. for for decades and right. you know I mean in, in Korea I mean you know I I would feel terrible if South Korea ended up, you know, if North Korea decided we, we pulled out of South Korea and North Korea took South Korea. But at the same time, it's like, okay, the, the Korean fight, the, the official police action was over about 70 years ago. And we are still there. And the, the amount of money we have dumped into that place annually, um i mean (laughs) the only other place i can think of that we probably give that much money to annually is probably israel uh, (laughs) don't don't get me going on that Uh yeah Yeah. Yep. Mm. but as far as uh the that would be the smartest thing the ukrainians could think of doing is hiring israeli fighter pilots (laughs) uh as far as they're used to using the uh, the stick and rudder and not a bunch they tear a lot of crap out of their, out of their aircraft to, to, you know, and run it seat of the pants. Um, I wouldn't be shocked
1: if there is a Israeli contingent contingent. that is operating in Ukraine right now. I I would, that would not shock me in the least. And in fact, I'd be shocked if they weren't. Honestly, it, it just kind of knowing some internal workings there. Um, you know, you were talking about Korea. Um, I think that, that, honestly, South Korea stands a very good chance on its own. Uh, they don't, aside from naval gun, gun power, uh, firepower rather, uh, I really don't think that they need us. I mean, Well, that's, you know, that's I, what I'm
2: saying is if they yeah. do need us, then what the hell is wrong? It's like, you know, uh, oh, shit. What's his name? Uh, live from the lair. Um, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, but he made, he, um, yeah, pop. you know, yeah, I, he, I was listening to him the other day and he was talking about some stuff and, and then I was, you know, watched another guy, he was talking about Taiwan. He's like, why does Taiwan have such a weak defense? But it's because they've been, they've have been. Uh, this isn't something. Terrence we wanted it that way. We right. wanted we, it that way. We, we wanted them to have been, a
1: good enough military. To yeah, they've been, have they've been kowtowing to
2: the, the to Raytheon and Lockheed Martin and all all the ones they've been they've been shoving money up these companies' asses. Uh, and and to to you know keep them interested but at the same time they have they should have been using that money to plus up their their defenses. Why they should have as far as square square mileage is concerned, that place should be bristling like a porcupine with missiles. Because that would that's that would be one of the best ways for them to do an initial defense against something with with China coming in there. They don't have I mean As far as any type of other type of defense, you know, it's they would be very hard pressed um, to to mount a proper defense. Um, But they haven't done that. They've they've continued to just kiss the asses of these big corporations and dump their money into that. And and they're expecting we are going to save them it's they, they, they're just another, another, well, uh, international welfare case, international tactical welfare case. Um, and I mean, granted, considering the way the money is being spent right now, um, I, I, I like it. We're so far past anything making sense as far as the, the, where taxpayer dollars are going. Um, I wish they'd go back to just, I would rather them use the, the money for, uh, the uh, measuring how fast a uh, shrimp can run on a treadmill, than to use it for some of these other things that they're using it for. Some of these other studies. <laughs> um, the it's it, it is ridiculous that that we're dumping money into certain things, and they're saying, okay, I'll give you a good example. My wife and I were having a discussion today, and we were talking about certain things that um, women. Are not allowed to do without getting their husbands to sign off on it with a doctor. It's it's ridiculous. But mm. I said, but at the t- I said, but how ridiculous! At the same time, they're trying to to force us into a situation where kids, uh, teachers can can convince a twelve year old to change their sexuality without the parents' permission right or knowledge right. right i mean how how fucked up is that yeah there the level of of just it is upside right. down inside out clown world that's how i usually describe it anymore
1: yeah. it's um, it's peak degeneracy yeah. i mean we we're hitting peak degeneracy yeah. and the you know uh, the, the reason for that
2: because there's going to be a lot of it's it going to be shed and a lot yeah. of it unnecessarily a lot of innocent people are going to die whether it's yeah. you know from literal fights or or from from starvation or disease i mean a lot of people they think about starvation but they don't think about the the level of disease that follows any type of you know in any type of civil war um because they to them you know africa is in national geographic it's not real right but when you have a friend that spent a lot of time in Africa and some yeah. of the stories he has of of the the things that went on there, especially in 94 uh, in Rwanda, is horrific. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the, the whole fuck around and find out is unfortunately gonna,
1: it's
2: right around the corner. Yeah, and man. People and and... At it. they think it's they think it's a joke. They think it's a video game.
1: So. yeah it, it's the the level the level of culture shock that, that we're about to experience I think in totes is <laughs> I mean it, it's nothing new to, to any of us on, on this podcast um, you know because we've all experienced it. We've all seen those things. We've all seen you know what it looks like when, when things get real. And, um, you know, a society that does not adhere to the same values that we have here in the United States. And so, and um, in, in really in the West. Um, so, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's, it's certainly going to get ugly. It's going to get u- ugly in a hurry. And the, the worst part is, is that there were many of us, you know, with the Cassandra complex, we saw this coming. You know, and and we're we're doing everything that we can about it. Uh, Madman, what are your thoughts, brother?
0: I mean, I agree with a lot of what Dodge said, especially the last little bit. Like, you know, I was trying to explain to some buddies, because there's a couple of them that are like the last couple months of everything going on. They're like, hey, man, remember when you used to like, get drunk at the bonfires and tell us that the commies were coming and we need to get ready. And we all thought you were crazy. I was like, yeah, I remember that. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, you weren't, you weren't crazy, man. I was like, yeah, I know. Like I figured you would come around eventually. <laughs> so, and I was talking to one of them actually today. And he was like, yeah, just asking for some pointers. I was like, dude, you got a gun, you got ammo, like give food, water, and like get your mind right. Cause, uh, It takes man. It took me years of coming back and like being able to walk in a grocery store and not feel weird. Um, Yeah, that's a pretty normal thing. It's the culture shock, you know. I'm used to like. I'm used to going and, I mean, I was on Bagram, so like, every time I I associated getting food with having to sit in a bunker for thirty minutes because somebody was firing mortars and rockets at us. Um, Yeah. So it was like kind of that weird, like, oh, I'm hungry, time to eat. And then I'd be like, ah, oh, we're going to get fucking bombed. I know we are. As soon as we get to the damn d we're going to get rockets. And we're going to sit in the bunker outside in the hot-ass sun. And uh, but it's little stuff like that. And, like, definitely need to get our minds right more than anything else. Because that, and with the disease, man, the shit that just festers in war zones, it, it's like, <laughs> I, yeah. it's inexplicable. You can't like, it's just a culmination of different diseases and everybody gets it and it makes its rounds and yeah, you got to stay real healthy. At least the healthiest, I mean, stay well fed. That's, that's the biggest thing. Like once you get hungry, like actually hungry and your body starts starving the first thing that goes is your immune system and you're
1: going to mm-hmm. get
0: some nasty disease. You're going to, every little scrape's going to get infected. Oh man. Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. dude, I come home from, I come home from work and I just have scratches on my arm, like a big one with like a blood trail. And my wife's like, what'd you do to yourself? I'm like, I don't even know. I didn't even realize that was there until you pointed it out, you know? And it that happens all the yeah. time. So I can only imagine if I'm out, you know, plowing a garden in the backyard or something, or somebody else's backyard, I should say. You know, if I'm helping the neighbors out, and like, you know, random crap, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to get cuts and scrapes, and yeah, all it is is just one scrape with without proper nutrition, and your ass is getting a big old infection, and you and... better hope and pray to God that you know somebody that has fish and bird medicine, or you are probably not going to make it. Yeah, like, you know, oh, he, no,
2: nobody knows, nobody knows hygiene in the, or in, in, you know, worst case hygiene, like an infantryman, because yeah. they've lived it. Oh, um, yeah. just knowing how to properly set up a, a slit trench or, or a, 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 chow station or, a, you know, water point. I mean, you know, Scout and I talked about this before, uh, when I was going through the light fighter course, we had, uh. We had two water buffaloes. Well, they didn't clean out the one water but the the soap out of the one water buffalo well enough, and half the guys in the class had the shits for a day and a half. Yep. Just something simple as cleaning out soap. Yep. So that's I mean knowing knowing hygiene. I mean that's (laughs) uh, yeah. Once again, yeah. yeah, It
1: uh, and you know, man. I mean, it goes beyond that too because you know, here in the middle of the summer, like it's hot, you know, all of us living in, in the mid Atlantic, it's, it's been hot. I mean, it's, it's a hot summer, this, you know, in, and, um, uh, it's been a little bit hotter than it was last summer, but it's hot, but we also have the humidity, you know? And, and so, I mean, 90 degrees, when I was out in Salt Lake city, 90 degrees wasn't that bad. Like everybody out there was like, "Oh, it's so hot today," you know. And I'm like, "This isn't this isn't that bad. It's 90 degrees, but it's 90 degrees at home for me back in North Carolina. But there's no humidity here, and in North Carolina, it's it's freaking thick. Like, and, and so coming back, like as soon as I got back to North Carolina, um, you know, get my bags and walk out, and I'm like, "Oh God, it's like a swamp out here," you know. <laughs> and it's at night, dude. It's at night it's it's like 10 o'clock at night and it it, you know temperature wise is is uh cooled off and you know all of a sudden you know it's still the humidity's there and it just draws it out of you where i'm going with that is is uh case in point last fighting carbine course you know got a gentleman in class um who is is kind of new to the training game um get a really nice AR, great guy man great guy and um he you know he could work on his fitness a little bit you know it's it and it it just is what it is but the thing is is that he is he is the average guy right now that's like in his late 40s early 50s right you know he he kind of he has a job where he sits behind a desk he doesn't really get a lot of physical activity and all of a sudden here he is. He's doing this fighting carbine course where, you know, we're doing a lot of different stuff, especially on day two. And a lot of movement, moving around on the ground, back up, transition drills, right? All this stuff. And this in Eastern Tennessee, it's, you know, 93 degrees, extreme humidity, right? Heat index is, is through the roof and we've got shade. I'm watching everybody, right? But I mean, you know, he's dehydrated. He was dehydrated when he got out there. And my point behind all that is, is like hydration is another factor that people don't really think that much about because most of us are, are actually substantially dehydrated on a regular basis. And we just don't realize, it, you know. But, but you know, you guys understand that because we come from that background. Mm. A lot of folks, like, like people that have never – you know, they, they lead mostly sedentary lifestyles they're mostly in air conditioning or whatever. And then, you know, you get them in a class and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. And immediately they start going down, you know, and, and you have to really watch them and you have to watch them closely, but it happens to the best of us, man. You know, like, like I went through a lot of schools in the army for whatever reason in the summertime, like, and and in the late summer. And so you have what you end up with is is guys having heat strokes, and you know suffering because they didn't really monitor their their hydration level that well, you know. In the cadre of these schools, I mean, if it's one of those pass or fail kind of deals, and if you fail an event, well, I mean, you know, whatever, you're out of here. You know, you don't get your badge, your tab, your qualifier, whatever it is, right? Mm. And um, So, so, I mean, it's on you. It's your responsibility. They're providing that. And so you have to be able to recognize the signs. Uh, HB 11 saying cold weather is going to kick your ass too. Yeah, it absolutely will. Uh, Dehydration is actually worse in the wintertime than it is in the summer. A lot of people don't realize that. that. But you actually get dehydrated worse, and you actually burn more calories in the wintertime as well with physical activity because your body's working harder. It's trying to keep itself warm. And it's burning more calories to keep that internal um, uh, core body temperature up. Meanwhile, you're doing the same amount of physical exertion and activities. So you dehydrate faster. And, um, you know, sweating, mag says sweating is an indicator you don't get in the cold. That's not necessarily true. Um, You know, I definitely sweat in the cold. Go split some wood in the cold. You'll see it, brother. I know you've done all this. I, I you know, I know mags in the comments section. I've had him in class. You know, sweating's is indicator you don't get any cold. Now you definitely do, um, but you won't sweat as much. But my point is behind all that is hygiene's very very important. Personal hygiene. Your hydration level is very important too. And just like I was talking about with K yesterday, you know, um, it you can go a while without eating. It's possible, right? We don't like to do that, but we can. We, our, our bodies can go a relatively long period of time without intaking calories because we all have a little bit of extra to burn off, right? Um, but that being said, with water, you know, they say the survival rule of threes, like, you, you know, you've got three days without water and you'll die. I would say, honestly, though, that that's not correct. It's substantially less time than that. Like Mm. because we're already at a a relatively dehydrated level on average. Most people, not everybody, right, but most people, um, I give it about 18 hours, maybe less depending on your fitness level. But you got about 18 hours before critical uh, bodily functions begin to shut down. People end up uh, getting that 1,000-yard stare. They're a little unresponsive when you're talking to them. And they're going to do this very interesting breathing uh, that begins. It's, it's not quite hyperventilation, but it's close. And when you see that, when you begin to see these signs, guys are a little unresponsive, that, that's when you really need to watch out. So the point is behind all this is, is that you, you have to make considerations for not just sanitation for folks, but hydration as well and, and maintaining clean water. Because if you have dirty water, just like Dodge, you, you were just talking about that, if you got dirty water or contaminants in your water and you guys all get dysentery from it, guess what? Dysentery kills a lot of people across the world. Every month it is killing a lot of people. In in America, we don't really think about that, man, because our access to clean water is generally there. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know, like Flint, Michigan and all, I get it. Um, but you can still drink that water. It's toxic for you in the long term, but it ain't going to kill you in the next couple of days when you drink that, right? So, you know, my point there is is that if, if people are, are panicking, and a lot of them will, and, and that's the next thing, uh, next topic that I want to broach with you guys. When people begin to get into a panic, they're going to st- say, oh, man, you know, it's, it's been six hours since I drank water. I'm dehydrated. I'm just going to drink out of whatever because I saw this on a, a fake ass TV show or whatever,
2: you know, like <laughs> I'm going to drink and, my pee. Oh, God, man. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, good old bear. Something, something good old about bear it, man.
2: That I wanted to mention real quick about the, the dehydration and getting. And uh, I was in a course down in Florida um, early summer, and I had, um, I had bronchitis. so even I was still going through the course, but they had me on amoxicillin. And uh, out in the field. Oh, no. the- no. of- we were doing a we were, we were doing a uh um an ambush and i didn't even i was sweating i mean i sweat a lot anyway but i was sweating so much during during the patrol that i, I just i almost couldn't see well because i was sweating so much and then we got into ambush position and i, and I, realized, I was like oh well, good i I stopped sweating. I'm not, it's not running in my face anymore. I, I wasn't even putting two and two together that I had stopped sweating. And we, we did the ambush. Everything went fine. Uh, everybody that died was revived. And we started going back to the five tons and I started getting this. I I started feeling really lightheaded, feeling like I was going to, going to pass out. I kept stopping and, and starting again. And we got back to the patrol base and the thing that told me something was really wrong was they were show, we were practicing doing IVs and I watched a guy give another guy an IV and blood squirted out, which normally blood doesn't bother me at all. I, nah. I about puked, puked, It made me, I, I got immediately, I got sick from seeing that. So i I went to the medic. Uh. I said, Hey dude, this is, this is what I feel. I'm feeling, this is what I, I said. I, I think I'm in severe heat exhaustion and so he he checked me out they ran me back to the tmc four bags later i was finally able to piss because i was so dehydrated part of it was because I had, taking, I had been taking medication he said i was borderline yeah. on heat stroke um but yeah it was because yeah amoxicillin yeah. it, will it. do it yeah he said that was he said normally i probably wouldn't have had that issue that severely, but because I was taking meds that, that really, and, and with the heat, I mean, it was, it was Florida in early summer. Um, and and, you know, we're doing infantry operations. So, you know, it just, but that's something else people need to be aware of is if you're taking meds, you need to even more closely monitor your, your, your hydration because you're going to dehydrate quicker, um, than you normally would. And, and and you know everybody should know the signs of it. You know how dark your pee is and all. But you know if you're uh, normally you're, you're and you're in a field, you're that's, not really look. You can't really tell the color of your piss. So, <laughs> but that's not always a
1: good cold. indicator either because you you don't no, want near no, piss. You I right. mean it, like if you're if you're piss if you basically my rule of thumb was always this: if I could smell my piss and right. it didn't smell right. like a supplement that I was taking. At the time, so like if if um, for example, if your piss doesn't smell like certain vitamins, right? Mm. Um, yeah, three uh, hundred five HAD asparagus. Yes, yes, uh-huh. this man knows.
0: <laughs>
1: um, but I know you know. Uh, but and yeah, it's green you, too,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, that, yeah. that's one of the colors. They, there's some supplements out there do some different things um
2: <laughs> well you can tell antibiotics you can definitely you can definitely smell it when you're taking antibiotics you can smell it in your piss these,
1: these yeah those those two these were definitely not antibiotics um yeah <laughs> <laughs> these these were there for uh for performance enhancement um, oh greeny meanies yeah,
2: never mind <laughs> them, nah,
1: nah, nah, these, these, these make you these, these make you run faster harder and, and be stronger Um, you know, and, and it, it, I mean, it is what it is. It's a way of life. Uh, especially Mm -hmm. in Iraq, that was a way of life. It's, it's not something I advocate anybody ever doing. Um, when it comes to, to anabolic sub supplements and, and going that route, I do not ever, 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 uh, advocate any of that because it, it puts you in a weird place. Um, especially doing it in Iraq, dude, there, there is some, um, <laughs> they, there's, they, uh, they don't have controls over their, their, uh, products no. like, like we, and, and I'm not even saying that we do here in the States either, but I'm just saying that, you know, there's, there's ramifications, man. Especially when you're, you know, 22, 23 years old, you don't know no better. You are just trying to get big and, you know, and, and carry your gear, and be the fastest dude, and the biggest dude, and the baddest guy out there. You know, you, you're gonna, you know, you, you're gonna do, you're gonna do what it takes um, to be that guy. Because you look at it like, you know, I, I, well, I got to be able to pull my buddy out of an ambush, which happened. You know, especially on my first deployment, I mean, it happened. It it frequently happened. And so you're living in the gym, but you're you're doing whatever you can to make yourself that much better. Well, if I'm carrying 100 pounds of gear, you know, because back in those days we were wearing a lot of shit. Like you know, <laughs> we had we, we had a uh, interceptor IBA, and you know, the freaking DAPS. Like we were having to wear the DAPS because of the uh, the ID. 37 pounds. Yeah, and that's yep. that's four, four you plates
2: DAPS. Yep. Yeah,
1: that's that's before your combat load. So I got to be able to get my ass there. But what if you get shot now? I got to be able to drag you out of the line of fire too. you know, and and so guys were going down like crazy uh, from different injuries. And, you know, you're but you you work out to a level that promotes red muscle mass and, and strength over twitch muscle because that's what it it requires and that prevents you from getting injured worse down the road and so that's why when i see these guys man some of them out there that are you know they're talking about their kit loadout and all this stuff and then you look at them and you're looking at them and, and you're like you know are you really gonna be carrying all that over any kind of distance and but i'll always ask them like well how how far have you carried this Uh, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe you ought to cut back on some shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I watched YouTube with it once, uh, made coffee with it on. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's why, um, I'm not even trying to turn this into a gear discussion, but it's just flowing in that direction. But that's why you wear the minimal amount of shit. But the other thing too, is that I'm not, um, you know i am not a a conventional force you know i'm not a uh i'm not a conventional infantryman i don't represent uh some sort of of power structure that's trying to exert dominance man you know like like i'm a i'm a guy who trains people i'm a guy that that is uh you know organizing the people around me i'm a guerrilla you know, and, and so the hallmark of a gorilla, when you look at, at gorilla movements in the past, successful gorilla movements of the past, what were they wearing, man? Like, you know, part of that was because they didn't have access to a lot of cool guy gear. But another big part of that was the fact that it, it was just reflective of reality, man. Like, how much shit do you really need? You got a rifle, you know, you got you got an AK, you got a couple magazines, you know like like you're not carrying all your shit on you at at one time um you know and and you're going late and then you could take all that shit back off and and blend in with the, the local populace whoever it is, and you're right in there with them you know and and oh I don't, I don't know who the hell that was oh, yeah, your guys got ambushed well, man, that sucks to be you maybe you should go back to wherever you came from.
0: You <laughs> know, like, like
1: that's. I mean, that's just like. I mean, when you think about it, like each of us, you know, Madman, you got your experience in Afghanistan. Dodge, you got yours in Iraq. You know, we chewed the same dirt in Iraq. You know, right around the same time, and yeah. that was the most frustrating thing, man. Was was that there was no uniform. We weren't we weren't looking for guys like all the guys that were dressed up like fucking military dudes. There that weren't military that that were either fucking Al Naxibandi or Taliban, they all got fucking shot. You know, they all yep. got shot. So you don't you don't do that shit. Um, it, 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 it's as simple, man. A lot of these dudes, man. It, I mean, there was a video. There was a video that one of those tactical jackasses made uh, a couple weeks ago. Somebody sent it over to me. I didn't even acknowledge it. I saw it in my email inbox. People send me stuff all the time, man. And uh, a lot of the stuff that gets put up on American partisan, is like links to other things, like YouTube videos and whatnot. It's cause people send it to me. Uh, either the content creator sends it to me. Uh, cause I got a lot of friends in, in that or it's um, you know, it's, it's people that are running different websites. Uh, uh, Jim Quinn over at burning platform. I write for him on occasion and he sends me a lot of stuff too. And then he uh, you know, I've, I've got other friends out there Um that I've been in contact with. Some I can talk about, some I can't. All right. But, um, point is though, is, is that it, it, we, there, there was a video that was put up. Somebody sent it over to me and it was called, uh, infantryman's gear that you should have. I didn't even fucking watch that.
2: Oh, I didn't even yeah. watch that. I saw that. The, I, so I, First I saw of all,
1: first of all, the clown that made it, He's he's not an infantryman. He's never been in the. He's ever been in a uniform service that I'm aware of. So what he the fuck? It. Why are you like? Why are you making a video about something you don't know nothing about? Okay, and I didn't watch it because again, I, I readily admit too. Because I know there'll be somebody out there that'll send me an email. I get a lot of angry emails from time to time. I get a lot of really <laughs> good emails too, and I love interacting with the community. Right now what we're doing here but i know like somebody would be like oh why are you shitting on him again um (laughs) i'm shitting on him because i can man it's like a dude there was a guy on youtube that uh episode i did with atlanta's fieldcraft where you know we broke down uh rob o'neill's comments about larpers you know and yeah right here i'm kind of shitting on a larper all right but he but he is right? He, he is. He's he's not in the interest of training people out there like getting them better prepared because he didn't get himself better prepared. He's just trying to cash in on something, right? Shooting fast to stationary targets. O'Neal was talking shit about everybody else. He was talking shit about people that are actually getting out there and getting training and doing small unit tactics and everything else, right? That's what he was talking about. But there was a guy in the comment section um, on YouTube of that video that I did. I did that video months ago. Or that podcast months ago, and this guy gets on there a couple days ago, you know, and he he's in his uh, takes his profile picture wearing his gear, and he's like, "Bro, what the fuck have you done?" Obviously, a lot more than you. I mean, you could look me up online; you can see, you know, I I've, I have some pretty serious bona fides and qualifiers, right? I'm just saying, you know, like it, and, and this, and I understate. You know, Dodge, you, you know a lot about my background. I don't <laughs> talk about it because it's not a big deal, man. It's not a big deal. The shit I did in my career was for me, and it was at that point in time, it was career builders. It was me trying to to do the best that I could in my career until I hit a point where I couldn't anymore. And, you know, that, that story is what it is, right? Yeah. And so, you know, went to the VA. They say, "Hey, you're you know you're totally permanent, fucking disabled, whatever." I gave them the finger, and that's that, right? You know, and, <laughs> and, and I walked away. You know, the, it, and then that's what it was. Like the army wanted to keep me, and they said that you know we, we'll keep you around, you'll reenlist again, it'll be in indefinite reenlistment, but you'll get uh, medical retirement. Like that—that's what they're. And that's not, I'm not. I'm not fucking doing that. I'm not doing any of that. I'm getting the fuck out. Like I was, I was bitter about a lot of stuff. I was really angry and I got the fuck out. And when I got out, then the VA is basically telling me, oh, you're, you know, you're crippled for life and you this and you are that and you are the other. Okay. Well, you know, all right. So be it. I'll show you. And you know, here we are. Yeah. I built a successful training company from the ground up a hundred percent word of mouth. I built this podcast, this community, built the forum, built American partisan, built all this stuff. Right. And so that's not, that's not, I know it it comes off angry. This is is me getting angry again. Not really. It's just some pin up things that you see stuff going back and forth on the internet. You're trying to make the world a better place. Right. Because I see we've, we've all seen overseas what's coming at us and it's coming at us quick. And this is how you get better prepared for it. But when you see other people out there who are, who are doing some silly things, I'll be the first one to offer the stage to anybody that's solid. And I've done that and I continue to do that. But, but when I see some of these people, man, Oh, here, here's infantryman's gear that you need. Well, you ain't an infantryman. That'd be like me saying, Oh, "Oh, what, what type of sailors gear do you need? I'm not a fucking sailor. So what, you know, what what the fuck, what, what is my opinion worth? Nothing. Right. It's not worth shit. It's like me saying, yo, oh, oh what, this is what gear you need to be a fucking 18 uh, uh, wheeler driver. I'm not a fucking 18 wheeler driver. You know, like, I, I don't know shit about those professions. I don't know shit about being a doctor or being a lawyer. I don't know about that stuff. So I shut the fuck up and I let them talk about it because that's their profession, right? So when when some of these guys, man, they, they just pop up out of nowhere and they're like, oh, yo, and then it comes out. It's like, well, oh, <laughs> you, you you're not qualified to talk about that, man. So you know, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyway rant awesome. off. It's I, it's a rabbit hole, man. It's it's the, almost uh, like bloggers who talk about medical stuff when they're a certified nurse's assistant. That's mm,
2: almost the thing about the way anyway, you are talking about. Um, yeah. you know, I've, people have said to me about, we, cause I used to talk about, I mean, there was a picture going around of me mowing, using a push mower with, with my gear on. And, and people were asked, like, why would you do that? I said, well, it's training. And they're like, well, you know, people say about, when I was doing the, uh, for the Bush Bastard course, the last, the end of it, uh, take guys on a, on a, uh, just three mile walk and, and we do it in an hour. Everybody's the minimum they have to carry is 60 pounds and it's, it's more of a PT assessment and, and, and proof that you can get past a certain point and show that you can do it. Um, but I always we always weighed in at the beginning and just to show guys, hey, you know, you think this sucks. I carry 120 pounds. I'm carrying twice as much as the requirement for everybody in the class. And people say, well, why would you ever do that? That makes no sense. No, I don't do it because that's what I plan on doing when the shit hits the fan. I do it because what, what if I have to carry my son across? Because I, the one time I did it, I was, I was helping somebody with a class. It was in the mountains, mountains of West Virginia. I walked in with, with that gear. And somebody said, well, that's kind of ridiculous. I said, okay, I know that even without um, having adrenaline in my system, I could carry my son to get medical help through the, through the hills of West Virginia. And that's without, without the adrenaline I would obviously have if I was doing it with a family member that I had to carry. Um, it's not, you know, should you train with extra weight? Yes, you should, but keep it realistic and understand, okay, know know what you plan right. on doing, you set your, set your gear up, that you're using in training to be very similar to what you're going to be carrying, but you're going to be carrying a lot less weight because I I know scout and and Madman can both say when you, when you were in the fob, when you first took your, your body armor off, you felt like you were going to float away because that extra, (laughs) just just the interceptor body armor with the four plates weighs 27 pounds. And yeah. not to mention the the metric shit ton of crap that was a requirement to carry, not not anything you really wanted to. Um, but th- you know that that's something that that people need to keep in perspective. You know, train with more than what you plan on having to do, because when it comes time to do it for real, you will be better at it. And you know it. It's you've got to constantly push that there, and, but but also know your limitations. I mean, I'm 53 years old now, so I don't recover the way I did when I was in my twenties. And no. I have to, I have to take, I have to take the time off to recover from an injury. So one, I'm very careful make sure I don't injure myself initially Two, when I do injure myself, I, I, you know, basically I isolate that particular muscle group or whatever. And I, and I let it heal. And, uh, you know, that's it. The stuff, the stuff isn't hard, but like you were talking about the guy with the, the infantry gear stuff. It's like, really dude. You I saw, I saw that when I was scrolling through some YouTube videos yeah. and I saw, and, and I immediately, the first thing I thought was no experience, doesn't have a clue, probably got some stuff, you know, off, off of another YouTube video. And he says, I'm going to do this, but to, to what you were saying about when people say about military gear, I will say Bruce Clayton in uh, Life After Doomsday, when he was talking yeah. about his uh, to having to hold section on, on firearms, he said, all right, look, he said, you know, because he recommended the AR-180 and the uh, HK-91 as far as the, the right diff- two different rifles, there were options. And he said... Now, what I'm going to talk about now is the gear to carry And He said, you'd be kind of foolish to try and carry extra magazines in a paper bag. He said, fortunately, the military has already come up with a convenient, um, efficient way to carry them. And he was pushing the LC2 uh, LBE system. And he said, look, these are the minimums. You know, get, have pouches to carry the magazines you're going to be having, the you know, extra water if you want a butt pack, if you, you know, you, you're going to carry a bayonet, whatever, with the shoulder straps. It's an efficient way to carry these items instead of trying to carry it in, in at the time, like I said, paper bag. But nowadays it'd be in a Walmart bag. That, that makes no sense. Um, but he did. He said he said, I'm not trying to sound like some friggin Walter Mitty, you know, m- you know, military want to be what we would call LARPer. You know, these days, or he said, or or sounding like I'm from some Central American, you know, uh, guerrilla group trying to take over, you know, doing a communist takeover. He said, but there are certain rules that need to be applied here for for efficiently carrying what you need for a basic fighting load. And I, I liked how he did that. He didn't say, oh, here's all the infantry stuff you need. No, he he qualified. It was saying these are the minimums. These are why because these people are the experts and they're saying this, this is what works. Um, and that's the difference yeah. between a guy like Bruce Clayton and a guy like the, the LARPer you're talking about with his infantry gear video.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you know, if like you do a small unit tactics class, I got the scout courses coming up. Uh, I got a couple of them. I got one out in uh, Wyoming in September. Still got spots available in that course. You know, you come out to a class like that, I mean, and, and I offer that explicitly to civilians. You know, I have a lot of uh, recently uh, got out military. I have a lot of vets that are that are in that class. But I got a lot of civilians too uh, that I've trained that, that you know, it's the first time carrying AR-15. It's the first time uh, a lot of times really getting the, I mean, there's a few examples of it is the first time people even getting out in the woods. Um, You know and and getting that dirt time in so you know it's this isn't denigrating anybody that's trying to figure this stuff out at all it is however sharpshooting some jackass that's offering his opinion on things that he don't know what the fuck he's talking about all right so i want to be very clear in in that differentiation uh Mm -hmm. so anyhow um want to shift gears just a little bit because what i really wanted to talk about since i got both of y'all in here is this uh, renewed nuclear attack,
0: public safety <laughs>
1: announcement that is coming out of uh, New York City. So they got the new one. Of course, we have Sesame Street, you know, I call it the Sesame Street ad because that's kind of what it looked like. If, if you go back and look at it up on Americanpartisan.org, uh, you got to scroll back a ways several weeks and you will find that that PSA. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it in a lot of places the internet. But um, that PSA looked like something out of a, a Sesame Street. I mean, seriously. It, it, that's what it looked like. But they have renewed that. And they're saying now, and when I say they, the whatever uh, people's... Uh, security apparatus, safety apparatus, whatever it is, uh, in New York city. And I do call it the people's because that's the term that they love to use, uh, that the, the commie commissars that are running things in New York city. That's the terms they like to use. Uh, so yeah, 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 yeah. They, they love that, that national liberation stuff, but, uh, anyhow, Mag says search on YouTube the day Cookie Monster was fired. Uh oh man, I don't know. I'm kind of scared about that. Um I am scared about that. But it,
2: <laughs> he had too much fun with uh, stuff Love, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sick, bird. <laughs> oh, we can't quote Dave Chappelle. He got canceled too. Um who knew? Who knew that in 2022 Dave Chappelle would be canceled? Um, uh, but anyway, anyway, total, total sidetrack there, but they're, they're now, uh, up in the ante on their own PSAs. They're advocating people have, uh, go bags in case of emergency, uh, in case of a nuclear blast. But they just told us just a few weeks ago, if you stay indoors and, you know, don't go near the windows and treat it like it's a thunderstorm, that you'll be just fine. Right. Uh, of course, we know that this is wrong and, and flat out stupid in most cases, and comically so, because uh, this PSA got mocked relentlessly online, as it should, as, as any example of government retardedness should absolutely be mocked. Uh, and laughed at but um with that say you know I, I had K on yesterday we were talking about this this story specifically he offered some very sound advice on you know what should go in a bag what shouldn't go in a bag a lot of what we've been talking about now you know keep things light and more of that gray man perspective of uh, you know your your let's say you're in an urban environment and you, you know, you got to go. It's it's, now you've become a refugee because living conditions in an urban environment that's just suffered a nuclear attack have really went out the window. Um, and, and they're not going to be sustainable to life for very long. And so the earlier that you can get out that it's safe to get out, uh, the better off, that you're going to be, that you can, you can start hightailing it out of the city and and get somewhere. Uh, So, you know, with that said, I don't, I don't really want to retread that, uh, that path because we talked about it and, and I know, you know, neither one of you are are probably going to say anything different from what he said, but what I want to talk about, uh, you know, and, and that's, you guys are going to probably stay carbon copies of, of what he said, you know, rule of threes and, uh, having, you know, some, some food that's going to give you energy on the go and, you know, all, all that good stuff. Again, go listen to it. Great interview, right? Great, great suggestions in there that, that fit in with, you know, what I know as well. But, um, with that said plausibility of such a thing, you know, if if you two can speculate for me and and for us, if such a thing's even feasible, like why are, why are they putting these videos out? Why are they doing it now? What's your take on this?
2: Um, I I and and I was able to hear uh your conversation with with Kay uh I guess I heard it today or yesterday, um you brought up Jericho in the conversation, the TV show Jericho. And I think that, that I think it's more plausible that it would be from the inside than from without, as far as for a New York city hit. Um, I, I think that it's, it's ironic because it was, uh, the, the company that was, that w- they were, they didn't use the real names, but they were depicting Blackwater and Halliburton in, in Jericho, the TV show. Um, and yeah, I, I just I, I think that, it, yes, Ravenwood was supposed to be Blackwater and Halliburton was yeah. the, uh, supposed to, be, was the, uh, I can't remember the name of the company, um, that they had the overall overarching, uh, contractor company. But uh yeah, I I think it's a it's a very good possibility. I think that they're they're trying to hedge their bets and say, see, we we protected you people by doing this, you, you lowly masses. While we went into our bunkers that we've been collecting freeze dried food in and, and <laughs> beef and everything else for the last two years, we've been, you know, forcing you know companies to sell stuff straight to the government at the at uh, and and to uh, take take away the ability to have, do sales to a lot of civilians. Um, we know. I mean, I can think of. I think it's three freeze dried food companies right off the top of my head that were required to uh, work on government uh, contracts. Yep. Yep. And, um, and and you know, you and I had talked about the uh, the ground beef in North Carolina, all of a sudden, all of it was contaminated. Uh-huh. How, how, how in the hell is that work? Uh-huh. Across the state? I, I, you know, and I, and I told my wife, I said, I think that they, uh-huh. uh, they, they collected all of it and it's now sitting in a, in a freezer and distributed across the, uh, uh across different, different, uh, you know, deep bunker sites because, and, a really good book to read, and it covers things we've talked about tonight from stuff like, uh, you know, people getting cholera and all that kind of stuff, is The uh, One Second After. And if you go through the series, all three books, One Second After, One Year After, and The Final Day, they end up at the end, you know, hitting. They, they hit a site that basically it was <laughs> – it was depict what was depicted in the uh, book was supposed to be Mount Weather and site R, um, at the old Fort Ritchie, uh, site, um, that were, it had a bunch of SES types that had gone underground and they were the ones that was behind. It was very much, very similar to the Jericho, uh, scenario. Um, they, they were behind, they either, they never really said, I don't think specifically, whether they were behind it or they knew it was coming because they had, these people had evacuated their kids out of the schools that morning. And, but they never warned anybody, um, that, that this EMP, uh, strike was coming. And, you know, it's, I, I think it's a very real possibility. I think they're trying to cover their asses and be able to try to come out of it. Looking, looking like the, the great shepherds that, Oh, well, we're sorry. So many people were lost, but we warned you. And they've been doing, they've been doing this for, for a while now. Um, as far as the, uh, you know, when, when Trump was still in, how many times did FEMA and, and DHS put out, uh, you know, public service announcements saying having a certain amount of water in your home, enough food for two weeks um, uh, you know, the way, a way to cook it and, and all this stuff. And, uh, I know for a fact that there are, uh, that they have put out information to federal employees that they need to, they need to make sure they have, uh, you know, a couple months worth of food in their homes, keep a certain amount of cash on them. Um, you know, and, and being, and this is, you know, guidance to federal employees, so yep it's uh i think it's very plausible but i think if it did happen it wouldn't have anything to do with a foreign power except what they try to portray it as yeah
1: oh yeah yeah a hundred percent man a hundred percent and and i mean when you think about it they how do you close pandora's box like we've got a, a unprecedented view into the back door, the inner workings, the corruption that's gone on, right? The Ghislaine Maxwell case, Epstein, the Clintons, you know, it it it, it goes on and on. I mean, and, and that's not even talking about Hunter Biden and how deeply corrupted this entire administration is, right? And how desperate they've been the the stealing of the election that was blatant in in the, the face of the public the disinformation campaign that came out of that with all the, all the qAnon stuff right it we see it for what it is man and and how do you put the genie back in the bottle and so that that's my question i think you hit the nail on the head madman
0: what say you um you don't put that kind of content out uh, for no reason. Like, what? how many decades has it been since we've seen anything like that, as far as even mentioning uh, nuclear anything? Um,
2: that wasn't even something that was put out when I was a teenager in the 80s, when the Cold War yeah. was still going on.
0: So I asked my old man about it, and he was like, man, they stopped showing that shit. He graduated high school in 72. He was like, man, they stopped showing that when I was in high school. He's like, every once in a while, you know, you get a drill. But, like, they stopped showing all the footage and all those little uh, short little army clips and everything. They stopped showing that decades ago. And then all of a sudden, New York City comes out with this. And then now they got the uh-huh. go-bag thing. That's interesting that they said have a go-bag. Because, uh-huh. like, yeah, you know, the nuclear blast thing, like, you know, and they treat it like a thunderstorm. Like, oh, just stay inside. Stay away from windows. Um, but for them to put out like, Hey, you might want to have a go bag. Like they're expecting people to mass exodus from New York city and they're going to need a seventy seventy two 72 hour bag is what they're meaning. I don't know. I haven't but, watched, but don't the put new, a gun or a knife. Clip. That's too big in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's York, probably yeah. going to be a, Oh my goodness. But,
2: no, no guns. Uh, yeah. And, I didn't see no knives the, uh, that were two and a half inches.
0: I didn't see the actual commercial or uh ad, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I'm sure, yeah, like when you go to look up their guidance, and I mean, FEMA's been putting this guidance out for as long as I've been alive. You know, everybody's supposed to have a few months of food, uh 72-hour bag, um, what, like five gallons of water per person per day. Um, you know, they've, they've had that guideline out for a long time. But yeah, for New York City to put that out on television or YouTube, wherever they did it, that's a little uh, strange timing, for sure. So it's on TV, man. It. It's on yeah. local
1: TV up there. Like, so yeah. somebody that I know that's that's uh, close to New York City, they <laughs> they, they literally uh, shot me an email. It was like, hey, man, you need to watch this. And um, again, you know, like they they made a quick. Uh, YouTube short of this commercial that was on a local TV station up there, the the local uh, CBS station specifically. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they kept it private and they just sent it to me. And we're like, you, you got to see this, man. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, huh, that's interesting. And then I searched for it. And then, bam, all of a sudden, like all these other mm-hmm. outlets are, are posting it up you know, alt media outlets and stuff. And they're like, man, this is kind of creepy. And I watched the video and was like, oh, um, yeah, that's a little weird. That that was the day that uh, I was doing the interview with Bob Griswold. And, mm-hmm. um, and we, we were doing that interview literally. Uh, how was it? No, nah, it couldn't have been here because we just did one but the other day. It was
2: uh, Angry American.
1: What? angry american that's who it was. Yeah, it was yeah it was chris so we were doing it i, I was doing it with chris uh chris weatherman so anyway um yeah yeah that's what it was because he uh he mentioned it also and i was like yeah. oh yeah um you know it, and and i didn't know at that point exactly how widespread like it it had got so i didn't want to dive too deep into it but uh man you know, creepy. It, it's one of those things that it's, it's like we could point and laugh at it because it is stupid. Um, and the advice they gave is terrible. But Madman brother just exactly what you pointed out the fact that they are saying this and the fact that they're putting this out now the timing is weird man. It's real real strange.
0: Yeah I did watch the first one. Uh, on your recommendation. And yeah, I I definitely got some like budget Sesame street vibes from the first. I was uh, waiting
2: for a trash can and have Oscar pop out when she walked by a
0: set of steps. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, just the simple fact that they're even saying anything about it. It's just so off the wall, out of the blue, like, you know, for the longest time, if you even mentioned, that the U.S. was under threat of a nuclear attack, people would laugh at you. They'd be like, dude, you're out of your mind. You're an idiot. Just go away. Have fun with your tinfoil hat, friends. Mm -hmm. And now New York City has PSAs on it.
2: Yeah, it's uh, who's the uh, bitch now. (laughs) It's like,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's like, all right. um, And again, it's that fine line of, like, not buying into their fear-mongering, but at the same time understanding that there's something to it. It might not be a nuclear thing. They're starting to bring bug out bags. I, I feel like they're going to walk people up into getting ready to exodus out of New York City for some reason. Um, whether that's going to be a blast, a nuclear blast, or maybe just a good old-fashioned carpet bombing, who the hell knows. Um, maybe just a bunch of terrorist attacks. Which they, in hell they is could like say the with a bio
2: or a chemical attack and not even actually be anything, and they just said people need to evacuate right now.
0: Yeah, just to get. Well, the hell, city didn't empty.
2: they already kind of do that though? I mean, like big
1: picture with COVID, they already kind of did that, man.
0: Like, mm. yeah, I mean, a lot of people left New York City. There's not a whole lot of people left living there. Plenty of people 9/11? still live right there, I think.
2: Remember watching the bridges during 9-11? 11.
0: I was but a week ahead, yeah. so I don't really oh, yeah. remember. They, I'll, well I'll put it this way. My, I buddy's, uh,
2: my buddy's sister worked up there. She commuted from from Maryland to New York every every week and um they were trying to get a hold of her for hours. But of course the cell phone towers were all clogged and um she had she was one of the people, one of the thousands of people that walked across the bridges to get out of New York City. Um and she ended up calling. She was able to borrow uh, somebody else's uh, phone uh, because hers died in the middle of all of it, the battery. And um, she was able to borrow it And, like, you know, six hours after the towers uh, came down, she was able to call and, and tell them that she was all right. But yeah, that was, yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. That was an interesting day. I remember that Tuesday very well. Um, but yeah, that's, you're, you're right there. It's, it's already been done to a degree. Um, and (laughs) like you said, the, I didn't, I didn't see what they were, uh, I haven't really looked at any lists that they've had to recommend for a bug out bag. Um, I mean, I have, I have a few things that I would recommend to people, but, uh, to, to keep it light, but yet pretty efficient as far as what it can do for you. I'm not
1: aware. Time, I'm I'm not aware that they actually recommended any gear. Uh, I I could be completely
0: wrong about that. They probably just said 72 hour I, bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah so know, like, you know, like pack three days worth of clothes, pack some water, pack some snacks. Our, our the Hell, thing
2: is, worth of quarter fucking... bag. Yeah. What we would consider a 72 hour bag, and what they would consider a 72 hour bag, because they're you, you know more than yeah. likely they're the, the most they might have as far as for bedding is some disposable space blanket um, because yeah. of its size where, you know, where I would recommend, you know, a, a, uh, one of the, um, I mean, now it's starting to get older, but the, uh, three piece, <clears throat> uh, army sleep system, as far as with a, the Gore-Tex cover and either the lightweight yeah. patrol bag or, Something else that, and I've done this with with one of them was I uh, I uh five fifty cord inside one and made it so it would take the uh, the laces from a poncho liner, and just tie a poncho liner in it because it makes it even smaller than it does with the patrol bag. And
0: I if just you're in, I just tie two poncho liners together and make like a little half ass sleeping bag.
2: hmm. Yeah, I mean poncho liner is nice one of the deep. best one of the best you know best things out there. That and a poncho together, I mean that system is, is quote unquote antiquated as far as when it was designed, but to, it's still a, a very good, a ranger role is a very good item to have, um, in, in a situation, yeah. unless it's ex, even, but even if it's extremely cold, you know, you sit, you sit with a fire and, and, and you have it wrapped around your shoulders and yeah, you're going to lose some sleep, but you'll, you'll survive more than likely if you have so, the proper kind of, the,
1: uh, the jungle blanket that Snugpack makes, yes. I think to me that that's it, it's it actually packs down smaller than a wooby. Whoopi. Uh, Wooby's a, a nickname for a poncho liner for everybody who doesn't know. Um, <clears throat> the Snugpack jungle blanket is actually a better, way better piece of gear, at least in my opinion. Um, I have slept outside with the Gore-Tex Bibby cover and the jungle blanket and, uh, the Arcturus, uh, USGI thermal blanket over top
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, sub 30 degrees. Uh, we had a frost that night. I slept in that. I was comfy. Um, you know, didn't have an issue. So you know, and I mean, I don't know. It, it's there is some conditioning that goes in there. I'll admit that. Yeah. Um, you know, I can I can kind of tolerate environmental conditions that are a little rough because uh, well, yeah.
2: you know it's funny that you mentioned Wolby. um The <laughs> I bought I bought a Whoopi back in I, I was sixteen. I bought one, a woodland camouflage one. Yeah, classic. And, and I used that through, through, uh, you know, all the time I was in the military to the point where it is pretty much OD green. And, and you know where that sits? That sits in my wife's bug out bag.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Ladies, for whatever reason, ladies love whoobies, man. They love them. They love them.
0: Because it's got they, your they, musk on it.
1: <laughs> it. Dude, yes, it's a fact, man. It's a fact. They always take them, whoobies man. They always take them. They're like, oh, this is mine now. This is mine. Just saying.
0: Oh, uh, I went with five, mine. Eight, The eight, first eight. thing mine did was throw it in the washing machine.
1: <laughs> She's like, you smelled stink. like
0: ass. Yeah, it says exactly <laughs> what it was. She's like, this smells I like mean, ass and camping.
1: Just to give y'all an idea with, with a couple minutes left in the episode uh, of just how raunchy things can get in the field. Um, you know, I, I think that it's funny when, when FEMA puts out like 72-hour bag or whatever they say, three days worth of clothes. I wore the same uniform, like my my third NTC rotation, because you know, NTC, National Training Center, at, or Fort Irwin, California, you spend basically a month out in the desert, Um, two of them I did in the the summertime, one of them I did in the wintertime. And basically you're out for a month in in austere conditions doing small unit tactics stuff, right? And uh, we had a challenge. All of us had a challenge. Was how long could you go wearing the same uniform? And I wore one uniform the whole time I was out there for an entire month. One uniform. (laughs)
0: That thing probably was third, sour by the time you we were done
1: it was it was bad it was bad even like even by my standards it was bad now change another shirt oh yeah yeah it's it's like straight up salt underneath like the pants can Ugh. stand up on their own <laughs> <laughs> Three or five HAD in the comments. Nobody wanted to talk to Scout for other, re- for other reasons than normal. Well, you know, I mean, when you're nicotine deprived, I kind of had a case of the ass anyway. When you're, you know, you're uh, uh, NCO in a leadership capacity and that unit was kind of on the fritz anyway. Um, yeah, pe- people were, a little, we were all a little short of one another, but me and my inner circle, we were all part of the challenge, man. It was, it was a challenge. We had $50 on it. Who could go the longest? And I won. Right? Each person had $50 in the, in the pool, and I won. So who who can be that nasty? Who can be that dirty bird? Uh, so <laughs> ah, those good times. But you can survive. Moral of the story. You can absolutely survive austere conditions, and you can live for more than three days in the same set of clothes. You just have to be okay with being nasty. Uh, With that said, folks, brushmeter.org slash training calendar, masondixontackle.com. And Green Dragon Academy over on Patreon, of course. Our parent site, the culmination of all of our efforts over on AmericanPartisan.org. It is two hours into this show. Podbean is going to give us our eviction notice here within a couple of seconds. And I want to say thank all of you for being in here, putting up with our shenanigans tonight. Last call for alcohol. Great to be with you, and we will be back again very, very soon. For all of us here, Zinzi Scout out. <laughs>